The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Trending, we're joined by Ben Finnegan, our own 5 of 5 and 6 of 6 anchor, and Brianna Parkins from the Irish Times is with us as well. And let's start by talking about something that will undoubtedly be trending tonight, the final programme under Ryan Tuberty's stewardship of The Late Late Show before Patrick Healty starts in September. Just struck me, Brianna, have you ever been a guest on The Late Late Show? Because we know you sprang to prominence <laughs> on The Rose of Chalee, another big, iconic Irish TV show that you wouldn't find anywhere else. No, I've never been a guest. Guest. I've been contacted by researchers to be like, maybe we should, and then be like, oh, we're changing direction with the show, which is uh, probably code for you're not famous enough to come on, but they were nice enough to frame it that way. Um, never been a guest, been an enthusiastic uh, viewer at home. Have you? Uh, again, I find the, the toy show the weirdest thing in the world. It is bizarre, but it's basically where the nation sits down, eats sweets, and mocks children on Twitter. Like, what's not to love? <laughs> Tell me everyone's supposed to love the children. You mock them, do you? Uh, I don't mock them. You all mock them. The Billy Barry or whatever, those those poor oh, children. Yeah. Um, the slagging, the sort of gentle, like, affectionate slagging they get. Ben, have you ever been on? No. No? No. Are you in the audience? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. No. And would you like to be? Is it an ambition to uh, be on the Late Late Show? No, I don't, I don't really know. Like... Uh, you know, the late late isn't kind of what it used to be, and you know everyone's kind of a traditionalist when it comes to the format or whatever. I've never really had much of a grow for it, to be honest. Are you a viewer of it? No, God, no. Like I won't be watching tonight. Well, I can't remember that. Like the only time I ever watch is if I go home and my mother's watching it, and I might just see part of it. But I haven't watched it since. Probably lockdowns was the last time, and you had nothing else to do. That was okay. probably the last. And during time I that it. lockdown time, did you enjoy it? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Jesus, you're supposed to be celebrating the end. Dan yeah. has feelings about yeah, it. Yeah, I am celebrating the end. Uh, <laughs> no, like. <laughs> The the thing about the the late late show during lockdowns that time like it was supposed to be escapism but it was just all about COVID and everything was about COVID and they kind of I thought it was jollying up the nation wasn't it aren't we all heroes fighting against COVID that's probably what they intended to do but it wasn't the message that I got like the toy show is the only time that I'd ever watch it and I don't even really class that as the late late because you know it's such a different thing, as Brianna said. Like the country just goes mad for the toy show. <laughs> Do you ever watch Brianna other than the toy show night? Very. I don't think I've ever sat down to watch it. I have had friends on the show and I've watched it back, but I've actually never sat down to watch it. I'm just not a big linear television viewer. Like there was actually a period where I didn't have TV connected, and it was about six to nine months, and I didn't miss it because I would just go on the different apps and rewatch the news or I'd rewatch whatever. So I think the Late Late Show is unique to Ireland in a way that there's not that many TV shows that are sort of viewed as institutions where everyone's like, we have to be in front of the telly for this specific time instead of watching it back. And I don't think there'll be anything else that will replace that. Yeah, when you moved to Ireland, did you find that odd that people would tell you about this programme that everyone was supposedly watching on a Friday night, even if many weren't? Not odd, but I found it encouraging because I was like, okay, there's still a country where traditional media has a place and people like it. Like you have way more, you know, you have way more newspapers than Australia, a country of times five population has because people really enjoy picking up a physical copy of the paper. Like it's, I'm not the target demographic and you're not either. What is Brianna. the target demographic? I think the target demographic would be, you know, 
Matt. <laughs> Possibly is, yeah. Um, but but maybe I'm even I'm on the young side but, of the way the audience is. But gone. I think if they did try and target our ages, I don't, I think people would be angry if they do make wholesale changes or Patrick Hilty makes wholesale changes. People will be upset because people love the range of, you know, you could have Tommy Tiernan on, and next you could be talking to cancer survivors. I think people like the range because it's mm. it's like a local radio show where you just everything gets covered on a weekly basis and. I think I'm too young to really remember, but there's a lot of grow for the kind of the gay burnness of it, of him being able to That's do the everything. That's the 20th century. Gay burn finished in 1999. Yeah, it just shows you how long ago it was, how everything has changed. Oh, I know. Yeah, but like Brian Tuberty, kind of he did kind of modernise it somewhat, but it does need modernisation even more, but I don't know what it is. But again, I think people will be angry if anything does change. Well, we'll get to that in September when Patrick Healty takes over about 20 years after he was first tapped up for the job. I think 24 years after he was first considered as a possibility. What about tonight's show? Will you be watching it tonight, Brianna, to see President Michael D. Higgins welcome Ryan Tuberty to Oris Anukteron to see what they're calling the biggest ever trad supergroup being assembled to pay tribute to him? No, because I've at my friend's engagement party. <laughs> Happy yeah. engagement, Jamie and JJ, by the way. But that's the thing. It's like late on a Friday. I was like, is no one, is there, oh, aren't we all out? What yeah, are we doing a, at home? I have Do you a know? social life too, so I won't be watching. <laughs> but uh, like, I might. Like, Not even to get on Twitter and start cracking jokes about it and making complaints no. which a lot of people seem no, to do No, I'm not into that I'm not that type of guy Matt but Oh, it, someone's defending the rest of it <laughs> doesn't want to flag children dep- <laughs> Depending on how well their social media team do tonight I may pick up clips on Twitter or whatever tomorrow um, but I've no real like if if you two show up we might see a clip of that I don't see why you two wouldn't show up. They've showed they up, show up to, for everything. Yeah, they show up for uh, everyone else's final late, late show. I'd feel they gave a motorbike to Gabe Byrne, didn't they? Yeah, and then they gave Pat Kenny a pair of sunglasses and guitars. So What can they give Ryan Tuberty? I Packet of biscuits, probably. It's going downhill, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. From motorbike like, to... Yeah. Motorbike would have been from Larry Mullen. The guitar and glasses would have been from The Edge and Bono. So what has Adam Clayton got to bring to the table? Okay, well, let's move on, so, and talk about the Gardaí going to Disneyland. What is this about, Brian? <laughs> I kind of, I love the story. Um, it's it's heartwarming. It's got all the elements of a feel-good story. Uh, the, the the French ambassador has confirmed that uh, Irish Gardaí will be heading to Disneyland Paris um, over the next couple of months uh, to assure and advise Irish holidaymakers. They want them to feel more comfortable. Now, this comes after a trial run they sent... Um, Four Gardaí, a whopping four, over to an area in Normandy popular with Irish holiday makers last year. Now, this comes as part of an agreement with President Macron. And uh, when questioned, Michal Martin uh, gave the best response. He's like, you know, we just, we get a little bit creative with our diplomacy. You know, like, this is what we have to do. And I was like, is this is this the result of, of being neutral? You don't make, you know, agreements on submarines like, you know, you do what the Australians have done. You you send Gardaí over to Disneyland and that's the way you forge ties. So, what are they doing <laughs> in Disneyland? Oh, I don't know. Like, the first... 
French ambassador. They're not dressing up as Mickey Mouse or anything like that no, going undercover, are it's they? Not a, it's not a holiday either. <laughs> <laughs> but the French ambassador is quoted as saying, if an Irish tourist sees a Garda uniform, he will think, oh, I know this uniform. I can ask him or he will maybe give me some advice. I, it's such a weird thing to consider doing. Like, they're also going to be going to the Rugby World Cup, which is also in France, which, you know, isn't a bad idea um, to help the French with policing the whole thing. Well, there might be much bigger crowds of Irish people in concentrated areas during the Rugby World Cup, so that maybe hasn't know where to they be are. a sense to it. Yeah. Like, how many Irish people are actually going to Disneyland this summer? And, like, these lads in guard uniforms walking around. Like, how would you feel about walking through Temple Bar or walking over to the, walking through the Cliffs of Moher and seeing the gendarmerie there? Like, it's just weird. It's like, has there been any incidents that have kicked this off the need for it? It doesn't yeah. seem that way. It just does seem to be like a bit of soft diplomacy, like a little exchange program to kind of forge ties. Um, well, there but- has been a big push by the French over the past couple of years to emphasize the fact that we are their nearest neighbor in the EU, or they are our nearest neighbour in the EU. So it may be that type of diplomacy that's happening, that we get used to these continental police people, or <laughs> they get used to these paddies, you know. But <laughs> Alan in Dublin is. says, yeah, we don't have enough Gardaí here, so let's send some of them away on a jolly, only in Ireland. This is the problem. I mean, you've got fire right protests kicking off, you've got questions around the policing, is it soft? Is, you know, could we have prevented the destruction of a migrant camp? We also are still linked under the pole of the scandal of triple nine calls being cancelled for domestic violence because they had to get them off the system and there wasn't enough guardies. So I think it's really bad timing. And even though it might be maybe politically decorative, it just sends the wrong message. Like, I think it, 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 it's helpful for the guardie to learn from other police forces around the world and other police forces learning from uh, guardie. Like, uh, there was a couple of uh, members of the Fr- French police force who went to Temple Moor for a couple of weeks. And should, that's only a good thing but if they're going there to supplement the French police then you're wondering what's the purpose of this Okay, TikTok has come to Ireland and has established a very sizable presence with thousands of employees in the Dublin Docklands also has a major data centre under construction as well where it'll be storing all our information and swear in blind we won't be sending that back to China on any of you but yet how can Brianna TikTok be allowed to scrap a public cafe at its headquarter building when that was part of the planning permission for the construction. Well, this comes after the Dublin Enquirer story about the Tivoli Hotel as well. There seems to be a raft of stories around developers um, making promises in certain building plans that they will put in facilities for the public and that's the reason why their plans should be approved and then going back on them later. So the, the TikTok guys are arguing that a public walkway and a cafe will cause security issues. It won't be secure for their workers inside the building. So they've written to the DCC to try and basically weasel out of that promise. What do you this, Ben? This is uh, the story that was in the Business Post during the week, online edition. Mm. And But it does seem, again, rather odd that if you actually are told to do something to justify the conversion of a building down there and then claiming security that the public are not allowed. You would have imagined that when they were putting in planning permission or when the building was being designed that they considered that and you know Dublin City Council put, gave them permission for the cafe so presumably there is a market for a cafe there and they believe that they could make business but if they want to have a private cafe just for employees fine but 
why? <laughs> you know, the security issue is, okay, security, fine, but what what do you mean by security? But some of them are really, I mean, if you go into the Google, one of the Google buildings down there, they actually ask you for your passport you know, to actually gain access in one of the buildings you I've been at. You scan your ID and yeah, yeah I've but seen those before. I, I felt it a little bit, hold on a second, I'm in my own country and I'm required to bring a passport to gain access to a building because of foreign multinational deciding that they had these security concerns. Mm. They really, um, they sort of see themselves as well as, you know, news outlets have always had security because you get the occasional person who wants to come in and assault someone or just do something a bit mental. And I think they now see themselves as two things, A, content providers, and B, there's also the corp- corporate espionage angle of it as well. So they're really concerned, they're really quite paranoid. Yeah, it is. It, it does seem to be somewhat paranoia because like with, with media organisations like here, you need a fob to get into the building um, because there's high-profile people here. How many high-profile people are actually working in the TikTok office? See, I guess they would feel they'd be targeted, you know, there are people who feel very strongly about their data being harvested, that would make them a target. Yeah, they but they could still have the public cafe as had been originally intended when the building was and then have your access into the rest of the building like happens in every other building. They don't, yeah. they don't need to be like in the CEO's office having a coffee, you know? <laughs> The, the ABC has a public cafe in Australia, the biggest public broadcaster, and they have a section where you have to go into the building where the actual people are. So it, it could be done. I just do think it follows on, again, from the, the Tivoli Hotel owners promising that there was going to be a cultural space. Like, yes, we are taking over this theatre. We are going to put in a cultural space, and it's still sitting empty years later. Even the NBC studios in New York, they have shops and everything in there, and you walk through the studios on a daily basis on tours. We've got to take a break. We'll be back with more on The Week Trending with Ben Finnegan, Brianna Parkins, after this. Joining us for The Week Trending, part two, Brianna Parkins, Irish Times columnist on our 5 of 5 and 6 of 6 anchor here on The Last Word. Ben Finnegan, so, off air we've been chatting about our TV obsession, which is not The Late Late Show, but is Succession. And Ben, you were saying that you're stunned by the amount of people who are not up to date, which is going to make it more difficult for us now not to say something that will spoil it for them. Yeah, like there's been a lot of talk in the last couple of days about how we're going to be able to get through Monday without seeing spoilers. If you were to watch it live on the TV, it's on Sky Atlantic on Monday night. It's released in Sky Go on Sunday night into early Monday morning. So... The question is, do you get up before work to watch the hour and a half finale? Because it's a 90-minute special rather than the usual hour. Yeah, or do you try and avoid everyone and avoid spoilers? <laughs> because there will be spoilers. Like I am staying off social media because there was a major development in episode three, mm. which I'm not going to say because there might still be some people out there who don't know what it is. And I twigged it because somebody sending a tweet and I ah, right, I'm off social media for the rest of the day in case I find the out Same thing anymore. happened to me with the season two finale of Kin recently okay. where... I hadn't had a chance to watch it live and the next day I found out what happened. Um, but I have my, I actually have my alarm set for Monday morning already. 7am, I'm, well, I'm planning the alarms for 7, get up at half 7, watch Succession and then uh, spoil it for everyone. 
If you do that inside here, we thump you around the place. Brianna, are you another Succession fan? I love Succession. Okay, I, so I love this is, neither of you watch the Late Late Show, but you watch Succession. Like Again, myself. it's okay. non-linear television. I can watch it when I want to watch it. Are you but up to date? I am up to date. I'm, I religiously watch it that evening. I don't, I don't get up in the morning now, but I do watch it that evening. But again, I think it's so interesting now that we're not watching linear television. We're not sitting down you know, at 8pm watching it all together, that you do have this sort of thing around spoilers because we're all getting it to it at different times. And it's sort of like, what's the grace period? Like, mm. when can you talk about spoilers? Is it a week later? Is it two weeks later? Like, you should have caught up by a week, I think. Well, like, uh, I was, uh, I met a few friends last night and they were kind of, like, there was only, there was five of us, two of us were up to date. Others were, like, a few episodes behind one person was on season two. I know people who are on season three. It's just so weird that it seems to be a show that not many people, well, I feel that not many people are keeping up to date with it week to week. Okay. And how often would you watch an episode? I know nearly every episode of this season I've watched twice at this stage. Yeah, I've watched this season twice. I would I actually was late enough to it. I think it was season two or three that I started watching it. So I, I wasn't watching it live throughout the entire thing, um, but I caught up. But I remember with um, Game of Thrones, for its final season, Sky Atlantic were broadcasting, they were simulcasting yes. the episode. It was at 2am. And yes, I did get up <laughs> at 2am and watch a couple of uh, final seasons. I have daughters who did Game the same. Of Thrones episodes. Bri- Brianna, of course, it is based on... An Australian family, this is. This is the story of the Murdochs. Essentially. Essentially. The, the difference is that Logan Roy came from Canada to conquer American media, whereas yeah. Rupert Murdoch came from Australia via Britain to America. Yes, and also Rupert Murdoch had a newspaper um, that the Roy family had a small newspaper holding before it turned into a multi-million dollar, billion dollar um, industry. The parallels are incredibly similar. If you look at the three children from the from the second marriage, it is it matches Murdoch's own personal marriage. Elsa Peth is often the forgotten Murdoch. Um, even Murdoch himself once said, I'm so proud of my three children. Forgot Elsa Peth. She's from his first marriage. Sorry, a little bit of spoiler. One of the finest moments for me, I think, was when the four <laughs> siblings were having a discussion at one stage. Kendall describes himself as the oldest son yes. to which Connor went I'm the eldest son how can you and they just completely dismiss him it's like yeah yeah right so what Elsa Petz, if you ever look her up she's a really interesting person incredibly smart stays out of the whole thing and will give interviews to press saying she stays out of the whole thing it's, it's really interesting but there is little easter eggs um, to do with uh, so certain things will be called companies in the show will have certain references to companies that um, like Romulus is a reference to a company that I think Lachlan or the other one, other brother, he owns a company that has a wolf kind of logo. So there's sort of little Easter eggs through the show and, you know, what it's talking about. But there are so many gossip items and things about their own private lives. You could just make a movie about the the, the Murdochs. They're interesting on their own without the fiction. Yeah, because apparently when Rupert Murdoch divorced Jerry Hall, yes. one of the conditions <laughs> of the divorce of the payment was no giving of storylines to succession. No, that was the whole point. But uh, it's his second wife now. She was clever, Anna. When they split up, she said, look, I'm not going to take you to the cleaners, not going to take you for half, but I want all this money put into a family trust that only our children and Elspeth um, will have voting rights over. So essentially she was signing the death warrant on his third marriage because Wendy, Wendy Dang was really unhappy that her two daughters would never have the same voting rights as the older children. So she was clever. She was playing 3D chess and apparently he really respected Anna for her cutthroat kind of ability to get that clause in. Okay. POTUS. 
President of the United States of America is one of the few subscribers that seems to GAA go. Allegedly. Now, I will consume any con- uh, content with the words Joe Biden and Mayo in it. But uh, the Mirror reported that uh, a White House spokesperson said uh, that the President kept a close eye on the game last Saturday, which was Mayo and Kerry in Killarney. Mayo won. So I'd say Joe Biden was delighted with that. Famously, he told the country Mayo for Sam like six weeks ago and any chance I get I play that clip again on the news I did it the other day with this story I find it hard to believe though that uh, Joe Biden was watching um, GA go the Mayo game while he was at the G7 conference yes. in Japan. This is a this is a weird one. It came from an unnamed government source, a White House source to an Irish newspaper saying, yeah, he had he kept an eye on the the match against Kerry while he was at the the G7 G7 summit. But really, I think if I was going to advise any foreign leader, I'm like, just say mayor for Sam and you'll have the whole country eating out of the palm of your hand. Just just pop this phrase into anything. And drive the uh, right-wing conspiracy theorists <laughs> in, in America mad again. We're, we're trying to work out what this, what this encrypted Coded code <laughs> is. What's this mayo for Sam? Why does he want mayonnaise on Sam? Uh, will he complain when the hurling isn't available in Diego? I, has he has he ever done hurling? I don't know. Mayo isn't really a hurling county. Not I don't, a renowned hurling I doubt he's, I doubt he's keeping up with the uh, Christie Ring Cup, to be honest. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-